Welcome to CS Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 182 of CS Radio. I'm Jay Michael DeAngelis. And I'm N. Thomas Leach. And we are, man, we are barreling down on the end of the semester. This is our penultimate episode of the season. P-E-N-N ultimate. Absolutely. Sam, how's it going? How's, how's it going as we approach the last week of class? It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And now that's really hot outside. Yep. I don't want to do work. I want to nope. sit outside. No. But no, there's a lot My of no projects. shows are at an all time yeah, we high. Were, yes. <laughs> we were just talking that Natty's had a, a, a spat of uh, no shows combined with some good weather. And I think there's some correlations to be made there. I think I had like four hours worth of no shows over the last like week and a half or two weeks. So, folks, if you're listening to this, we implore you <laughs> don't no show on Natty. If you make an appointment with Natty in this coming week, please. 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 At least zoom in. I'm lonely. It's true. I can only entertain for so many hours a day myself. <laughs> well, uh, we got a little bit of a grab bag of a show this week. I love reaching the CS Radio grab bag. Oh, yeah. What's, seeing what's, what's down there. Yeah. Seeing what's left over. Shake it up. Raffle it around. Natty, your, your email is not my emergency. My email? Yeah. It's not your emergency? Right. But I need to know. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I have my own priorities. That's fair. I'll figure it out myself, I guess. What are we talking about? Um, what we're talking about, I saw a, a headline pop up on my phone before, earlier today. Uh, your, e- your email does not constitute my emergency, and it was written by Penn's own Adam Grant. It was in the New York Times today. Um, He's everywhere. He's he going to headline the Handshake Conference this year. Which is always a fun time. Yeah, we've, uh, I mean, just as a brief tangent, we've had some great keynote speakers at the Handshake Conference the last few years. Malala. Malala, Mindy Kaling, and now Adam Grant. So one of the things I think is really interesting about this uh, piece is just it fits in with a lot of things that we've been talking about, in particular this season, about values and wellness and setting boundaries. I think there's a lot of common themes that we've talked about a lot lately that show um, in how he's speaking on just the idea of sometimes you might get that email that comes in after hours or his exact example that he uses in the, the article is that he was sending out an email after hours and to a colleague who he just wanted to get a, a quick pass at something he was going to do. And he knew his colleague was over at a conference or something, wasn't going to be available. He's expecting them to get back to him in a week or so. Um, and the person responded almost right away saying, sorry for my delay. And then giving a, a good, a good thought out opinion on, on what he had sent. Um, and so his instinct there was, why are you why are you apologizing? Right. Yeah. Um, why are you why are you apologizing for responding to me after hours and almost instantaneously when I, I did not even expect you to reach out? Um, so a big part of of the article is really talking through expectations in the workplace and the idea of the urgency of email, sometimes both from the perspective of the one reading the email, but also from the ex- expectation of when you send an email. Um, and I think many people have been in that situation. I think many students, if they haven't already been in that situation with professors or other pe- or other people they've worked with so far, they will when they're in internships or in jobs coming up soon. Um, where communication feels a little bit different sometimes when you're in the workplace, especially by email, there are a lot of those expectations attached. Um, and the real takeaway for me here was just the idea of it can be really powerful just to add, this isn't urgent. So get to it when you can, or 
no rush on this um, was really talks through different studies and ideas that looked at stress levels of workers and their expectations when receiving a message. And just including something simple like that is a huge relief to, to the recipient knowing how to manage their expectations. Um, sometimes it talks through the idea that if it comes in after hours, the person receiving the message might feel like this is urgent. I need to respond to this right away. This person wouldn't be sending it to me after hours um, if they didn't really need it right now. But I think it goes into the idea of the value, the values that person is holding who's reading the email yes. might be wildly different from the values or the yes. expectations of the person who's sending it. Uh, there's someone that I, uh, someone outside of career services, but at Penn, who I correspond with um, on a fairly regular basis. And uh, they have in their signature, my hours may not be your hours. If you're receiving this not during your working hours, do not feel like you have to respond until it is your working hours. Yeah, it, it mentions that exact example in the article as well as as a, like a mitigation tool or like a tool to better set those expectations for any email that comes in. Um, and I've certainly felt that myself sometimes. I mean, and there are times, yeah, like my, my working hours may be different from yours, may not even mean that on a real level, right? Like you and I hypothetically have the same hours, right? We work nine to five here at Career Services. But there might be a day where I'm just trying to catch up or maybe I'm working a little bit different. Maybe I'm working uh, 10 to six or something like that because that better fit for whatever I'm doing that day. Um, or I'm just taking a little bit of extra time at night to go through some emails. That's a choice that I'm making. And it's not a choice that I'm saying the person who I'm sending that email to needs to make as well. Um, I've been trying to get in the habit of scheduling my emails to go out at like 9 a.m. when too. I'm doing that because I don't I don't like that idea that I might send it and then someone who I who receives it might think that I'm either bothering them at an inconvenient time I know that even I, when I receive emails after hours, someone's like, oh, I'll just, I'm not looking at this right now. And I will instantly remove the notification off of mm. my phone and deal with it when I get in in the morning. I personally have turned my email notifica- work no- email notifications off my phone because when I'm at work, there's a computer near me. Yeah. Either I, if I'm working at home or I'm at my desk, my outlook is open. And if I'm elsewhere on campus then I'm probably doing something that I can't answer an email anyway. So I just, at some point it was, um, I think over COVID I was like, when I was like, Oh, the day needs to end. Right. Cause when you're at home working from home all the time, it sometimes felt like doing it. I just turned those off and I was like, that just means when my emails open, I'm working and when my emails closed, I'm not. And uh, I do appreciate people with stuff like that in their signature. I also, um, of course outside of pen, I have two, um, two writer friends who have a permanent uh, automatic response on their uh, email that just says, it takes me a long time to respond to email. So please be patient. Know that I've read it and know that it might take me, you know, a week to get back to you. And some of the language you said that reminded me of another point in the article is um, it can be better to be appreciative rather than, apologetic or like self-deprecating mm-hmm. in a way so when, when responding it can be a lot better to say thank you for your patience as opposed to sorry for my delay so there's there's a yeah, little sure. bit in there about how even it, it can be noticed that sometimes in the workplace women apologize more than men do yeah. on average so so there's ways in which if you're showing your appreciation for the recipient as opposed to setting yourself up in that negative light of like almost like implying that you made a mistake right. or you weren't or weren't 
doing something quick enough or efficiently enough. Yes. Um, it kind of takes the judgment away from that and instead puts the emphasis on the positive of, th- thanks for, for the patience of, of you for for waiting for me to reply. Kind of I have to say, I just had an exchange. I got a sort of a, a request off one of our forms on the website, and it was very vague. And so right away, it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? This is very vague. So I wrote the person. I said, could you give me a little bit more information before I – respond to this or, or know who to forward this to and the person wrote me i said thank you so much for that question and right away i was like oh great yeah hey, it uh, really sets uh-huh. the stage yeah there's a part of the article that really focuses in on the pandemic and how we've gained a lot of flexibility and understanding working remotely and having different schedules and all being a little bit different um that it, it's let's not lose that like a sense of like let's not just try to rush back to the idea that we need to be constantly rat racing through every single thing and rushing through everything that comes our way immediately. Um, I also like the idea that he talks about his perception back when he was starting as a professor or when he was first uh, considering his emails, he tried to let his students know, I will always get back to you within 24 hours because he knew it felt really great when someone responded back to him. He felt like sure. he was valued. It felt like really good to him. He felt, oh, this person really cares about me because they yeah. responded so quickly. Um, so a big part of it is also changing that perception of, why does that have to be a, a value of care? It might you might value it more if you take your time. Yeah, taking your time and really crafting and thoughtfully responding to a message might be even more important than I just can't rushing even through imagine it. Imagine how many emails that man gets a day. Oh yeah, at this point, yeah, right. Uh, I can't imagine he's the only one going through that inbox. He must have assistance to handle all sorts of things. He mentioned the one thing I do too is when someone starts to bother you, uh, if it's been like uh, a day since you and you didn't respond to something they sent yesterday, yes, that the the person's priorities, like his priorities, will instantly feel like, oh, well, I care less about this now than sure. I did before. Yeah, um, which I think does go into professional communication, and the, and it could come up with students all the time for how you might be wanting to follow up from an interview or reaching out for a networking request, um, not pestering people can be really important as long as you're being really positive about it. He kind of talks through the idea of not, not trying to set expectations like your email should have a certain priority on that person's schedule because you don't know what that person's doing. That no idea. Yeah. Um, so that's why you shouldn't expect that your, your need isn't necessarily meeting the needs and expectations or the priorities of the person who receives that. Um, which I thought was also just a, a really good point. The one that bugs me all the time, you didn't mention this, but when you get that that big red exclamation point. Urgent. The urgent, urgent flag. I don't think I've ever gotten the urgent flag and thought, yeah, this, yeah, that was urgent. I think every time I get that flag, I'm like, this was not urgent. <laughs> and it makes me want to respond less. I try. I have sent things urgent, but it's almost always truly time sensitive. Like a tech thing that needs to be addressed right away or yes, or let's remember we have to pay this bill by Friday or whatever it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I have to say, I don't think I receive myself that many urgent emails, but I can imagine in your position that you do. I use I used to a lot. Yeah, yeah. Less these days, but I I used to for sure a few years ago, and just every time I was like, is it is it is it urgent? Well, one last thing on on this topic, which is that you know I think uh, you and I are are in line with uh, Adam Grant's thinking, uh, but I wonder how much it's going to change. We heard. I believe it was at last year's handshake conference that, you know, Gen Z uh, really values instead of work-life balance, worth work-life mixture. They don't mind replying to an email 
quote unquote, after working hours, you know, if they're sitting around watching something on TV and they get an email, if they can respond to it right then on their phone, they don't mind if that means tomorrow at one, they can go out to the park and play hacky sack because it's 1999. I don't know. (laughs) Or or whatever, have more flexibility in the traditional workday. then they don't mind. They'll say, well, you know, I answered that email for you at 11 o'clock. Yeah. So the, at 1 o'clock, I'm going to go to the movies. The It all comes out in the wash philosophy. Exactly. Which is certainly valid, right? If you are, there are certainly things that come up where you might be working at night. Why, why are we always so hyper-focused on this is the exact time frame or number of hours? And I think part of that idea, too, with Gen Z that I've heard come up as well is just the idea of really aligning with the work that they do as making that even more more meaningful or more it makes more sense for them doing it that way because they they either really appreciate what the work that they do is whether that means that they um are passionate about it or they like the demographic of people they serve or whoever that might be if they have that kind of alignment there they feel more willing to to do that but then they want a two-way street they want to know that when they need something that that can be okay too Well, as we said, it's the end of the semester. The school year is wrapping up. A a month from now, school will be out. Graduation will have already passed. Um, Well, we'll be right at graduation, I guess, a month from now. But um, still, it's it's, it's coming at us like a a, a speeding train. Does does that mean it's just too late for my career? (laughs) Is it too late? Like, am I am I am I out of out of options if I haven't? already secured a summer internship or full-time job it's never too late i have almost never thought i mean there are times where yeah you might have missed a large peak of quantity for a certain industry like if you wanted for this summer to work at an investment bank in a month from now there are less opportunities now than there were yeah a year ago um so there are real elements of that but it's never too late to find something, especially at a smaller size company at a nonprofit. Some companies just hire later. I've been talking to students um, this this week who are finding things for this upcoming Absolutely. summer and I mean, are interviewing right now. We say it over and over again when we look at the career outcomes, when we look at the career plan survey, and we chart when people got their offers, there is a huge spike at the end of April through the beginning of June. And a common thing, I think, usually is what's most important for students who feel like maybe, oh, it, it it is too late, or maybe I missed a certain window of things that I was interested in. Um, there's always going to be more things if you reframe how you're thinking about it or if you kind of add a new element to your strategy. It might be that you were searching for things and you didn't find something before, and you've kind of exhausted how you were searching for things in the past. So look a little bit differently now. Maybe that does mean we've talked about the difference between job function and industry. Maybe it means you look at those things a little bit differently. Um, Maybe you look at the different types of employers or the size of the employer. Um, Maybe it's you look at, we use the the phrase just in time for those employers who hire as soon as they need someone. Sure. Um, Maybe it's you attend an event like the just in time Ivy plus fair that's (gasps) going on. What will be this This week? week. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This is a great, consortium fair we do it with our ivy plus colleagues so it's open to all penn students and there's a great variety of employers and opportunities being represented at this fair over 60 we were just talking about it yeah, there are lots of opportunities i mean to see energy research education finance tech 
hardware, uh, tourism, portfolio management, biotech. Like I'm just I'm just scrolling through the first page, and there's three pages of employers. Um, it's fantastic. So we de- and this is a virtual fair. Yeah, it's a virtual fair, and I think, like you mentioned, one of the best things is it's a consortium fair, so it's really drawing from the resources of many of our peers, either who are in the Ivy League or similar institutions to ours extended beyond just the Ivy League. People like NYU, Stanford, Columbia, well, Columbia in the Ivy League, I was trying to think of some of those schools, but yeah, yeah, Um, and it's just a really good fair to be part of, especially if you're in that situation where you think, man, I feel like... I'm late, but no, there's actually, here's a bunch of other things you can consider um, for right around the corner. Yeah, so definitely we'll link to that in the show notes. It's something you should definitely be uh, taking advantage of. Uh, And of course, you should be, uh, I just approved a whole batch of uh, uh, jobs for this week's career services newsletter, and I was excited. I'm like, these are really, and it was a mix of full-time opportunities and internships for the summer. Uh, Of course, you know, I do the um, arts and entertainment category um but there were museums there were theater groups there were orchestras there were summer camps uh there were some even consulting groups there was yeah. a creative consulting group that yep. was looking for an intern uh the kimmel center here in philadelphia just posted a bunch of great marketing jobs that would be perfect for a, a recent grad uh there was um the Philly Fringe Festival, uh, Philly Live Arts is always hiring. And our I saw we Natty and I have been working very closely with uh Penn Live Arts, which is part of the Annenberg Center. Uh, and they have started uh sourcing some employers of their own. They're posting them on the Penn Live Arts handshake account. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a great opportunity. I've never seen this. There was an uh, they was somebody looking for a songwriter. Nice. It's a music company and they're looking for an intern, but the intern should have an interest in writing their own music. Yeah, it's really uh, rare like from like a position perspective, yep. for sure. So I was like, what a great opportunity to work in a place, you know, work in the business, but clearly in a place that's going to like have an interest in your own creative pursuits. So I flag that. That's in Friday's news- newsletter. Yeah. And the other thing you mentioned there, too, that I should have talked about earlier, I mean, I mentioned the different kinds of skews that you might try to find other types of employers who are hiring right now. One of those might be narrowing down into a specific niche area that you already kind of have. So maybe if you're thinking about consulting, maybe there's a consulting firm that does something so narrow and focused that they're not in the same trends as recruiting with yeah, the big management absolutely. consulting firms. Yeah. Um, and maybe that is something more creative. Maybe that's something that's really hyper-focused just on a specific area. And we've talked too before that that sometimes blurry line between industry and job function, right? So things like accounting, marketing, human resources. These are industries, but they're also job functions. So every creative business needs a marketing person, needs an accounting person, needs an HR person. Every transportation business needs this. Every finance, right? So there may be opportunities to work in the industry that interests you in ways that maybe you hadn't even thought of. Well, it's really reassuring uh and we want to reassure our listeners that uh there's plenty there's plenty of time to still find an opportunity we're here to help you if you can be sure to look into attending the just in time virtual career fair this week take a look at the career services newsletter if you're a part of the pen community see what jobs that we're posting that are out there for you uh, or just take a look around because there are so many employers uh, that hire as ne- as needed just, just in time. In time. Yeah, I mean, I always needed. I always tell students when I meet with them, it is such a 
a sort of a, such a unique period of your life that you're going to be um, part of a recruiting cycle. Yeah. Once you're in a job, that's never going to happen again, right? People are going like you're going to find out about a job opening somewhere else through a friend, through a job posting, through a headhunter, right? It's not like, oh, I got to wait till September till it's recruiting season. That just like this is a one time thing. So once you're out in the world, it's all just in time hiring. Yep. And you mentioned there's plenty of time. I'll say there's plenty of time if you're looking right now. So yes. go, go through the steps, like reach out to us. We are happy to help. That's why we're here. Um, part of it could be reaching out to your network as well. And we can talk about what that means in an appointment. Um, but there's definitely lots of opportunities out there if you if you are looking for something this summer. And if you're going to send us an email, just know we're going to respond in due time. Don't don't give it that uh, exclamation point. Don't don't urge in it or Natty. You'll never hear from Natty again. <laughs> uh, but we do hope that you'll hear from us again for one more episode of this season. And we'll see you next time on CS Radio. This podcast is presented by the University of Pennsylvania Career Services, a division of University Life. It was created by Milan Kirshner and J. Michael DeAngelis. It was produced and hosted by J. Michael DeAngelis and Natty Leach and mixed and edited by Sam Pasco. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you're listening. See you next time on CS Radio.